Hello and welcome to the First Issue Club, where just like Sue Storm, we love a good read. We're your weekly comic book podcast, where we're normally covering First Issue comic books. What's hot? What's new? What's getting started in the shops, on the streets, in your eyeballs, all the way to your brain through your nervous system. This week, a little different. We're towards the end of the year. We're not going to do a normal year-end episode like other people. That's, that's hack. We're about the future. We're going to do predictions. We're going to talk about 2024. We're going to soothsee. We're going to open our third eye betwixt our brows and gaze upon the year that is 2024 and tell you what's going to happen in the comic book industry. Hey. We've been in this game for quite a minute, right? Like talk about just personally between you and me, right? Look at look at me. Look at me. Well, I've been doing this podcast since about 2015. You're going to tell me I I don't notice trends that are going on. Me, Mike D, and who else? Who else is with me? We got the kingmaker Greg <laughs> Cancel Pig Lick Tie. <laughs> Oink, oink. And welcome to Future Issue Club, where we tell you oh, what I you're like going to buy. Uh, and then uh, I'm Budget King, back, back from, from like, the a, dead. like a two-year hiatus. Um, so, sorry. Well, well, well. Look who comes crawling back to First Issue Club. Please take me back. He made a big stink. I'm too big of a hot shot for you guys now. Can't I'm do never it. coming back to the show. Yeah, I really graduated. I got a better podcast deal with another comic book <laughs> uh, podcast. <laughs> uh, that They don't call us old steady at First Issue Club for nothing. We outlasted every other comic book podcast there ever was or will be. And that's why we're talking about the next year. We'll put our fucking money where our mouth is uh, at the end of the year and see what predictions we got right and which ones we got wrong. How about that? Is yes, that I like good, it. Greg? No, if we get if we get any wrong, we'll cancel. We'll cancel the show. <laughs> we'll, we'll shutter our doors. Any of them. We're gonna any make of a them. lot of wild predictions if yep. any of them are wrong. Some of them will be contradicting each other, so mm-hmm. we will be canceling the show next year. Yeah, more or for less sure. is what we're saying. <laughs> Prediction number one: Batman will die. Hey, we I already know that's happening. It's in the solicits. (laughs) Boom. Uh okay, a lot of different topics. You may be wondering, how am I gonna consume this through my through my earlobes? Just sit back and relax. This is just gonna be a free form open conversation. I'm probably gonna prompt the guys with some categories I can think of. They they might range from stupid to uh, really serious. So hang tight for, you know, the next 45 to an hour and, and we'll talk through some of these, uh, common comic book things. This is definitely Uh, a show you throw on while you're cleaning the house, while you're just driving to and fro. Mm Mm-hmm. As opposed to like sitting down and just listening to the podcast. Uh, No, I've gotten emails from about a hundred and 20 people that said whenever our show comes on, they sit down in an armchair, they put it through their speakers, and like they turn they turn off their phone, phone's in airplane mode, 
and they just play this episode to really digest it and let it soak in. And I, I will say doctors have recommended not to operate heavy machinery while listening to engaging with yep. the First Issue Club. So. Perfect, yep. yeah. Nine Be out of ten careful. dentists uh, suggest that you listen to First Issue Club in the morning. Yeah, I think I think that, that you should rip a line of Coke and just sit in a chair and just listen to this in your ears in complete silence and really rev yourself up. Turn off all the a couple the monsters. Yeah, yeah. Try not to move. Yeah. <laughs> just if you have an isolation out of your chamber, mind, <laughs> try to go chill. into that. Yeah, 100%. Get tooted right. and booted. The first thing I want to talk about, which I kind of see a trend in, why, why it made it on my list of topics, crowdfunding in comic books. Yes. Before before I give my take, does anyone have any thoughts or opinions on where they see crowdfunding going in 2024? I think crowdfunding in 2024 is going to have a resurgence among indie creators again. We saw in 2022 and 23 Boom Studios, Image kind of uh yeah, they're like a pushback main- to that. Yeah, indie mainstream publishers really used kickstarting as a way to crowdfund their uh, like graphic novels or their hardcover collected editions to kind of pay the bill before uh, they published anything, which I've been on record saying that I do not enjoy at all. Um, but I feel like I've seen it already happening at the end of this year where the, there's an indie resurgence of just scrappy upstarts that want to make weirdo comics are like just really going after it on Kickstarter. Are you all saying that Zoop is going to take charge? I've ordered like two things from Zoop. Is I I don't really know their methodology of of crowdfunding. That's exact I mean their whole thing is like this book wouldn't exist unless you bring it. It's basically like Kickstarter without the bullshit, but then you just like don't know anything about the book. This is something that I, I was going to say. I think there's the landscape is going to really increase for this, which is more or less what Greg said in different words. But you're going to see competitors to Kickstarter that are even more hyper-focused on comic books. Like Kickstarter is 100% embraced the comic book thing. But a lot of people, we talked to, me and Budget King talked to a lot of people at LA Comic Con who are like, Kickstarter is a necessary evil for me as a creator. Like I hate working with them. So and if okay. someone can figure out a way to facilitate like some of the stuff better and and hold your hand through the process a little more, that's probably something that could like benefit and draw more people away from Kickstarter. But I do see so many people having, you know, access to these platforms mm-hmm. that it seems to me like, at least over the last handful of years, that the quality of some stuff is starting to thin just because yeah, this, so many we, people are This was like shit. this zine that we got, Snarlagon, yeah. uh, by Andrew McLean. And like uh, his wife was saying, like, it's literally destroyed their life. Just like <laughs> them having to, like, I mean, I think that's verbatim what she said, actually. Just like having to do all these fulfillments, like, mailing them by hand like no help and then like kickstarter yeah, just quality control cut. like of like getting batches of these things and like pages are falling out yeah and so it just is like yeah there i think there's an there's a, a wide landscape for a competitor that does a little something for comic creators mm-hmm. 
Which is wild because on Kickstarter, the the number one money maker on Kickstarter is video games and video game related stuff. Number two is comic books. <laughs> like that is the one of the most crowdfunded things on Kickstarter is zines and like comic books and like self published. Uh, do you literature. do you count like the like fantasy? I feel like fantasy novels like the. Yeah, well, like any kind of book category. Book, thing. yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. But like, though, like that combined is like the number two money maker for Kickstarter. So the fact that there's such a disconnect between getting it funded and then getting it fulfilled is bewildering. Like they should definitely have their shit together by now. The fact that Kickstarter hasn't bought like their own printer and distribution center from all the cash they're getting from this is 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 nuts. All right, I'm going to move us on to the next topic. Digital comics. Over the last several years, we've seen hills and valleys in digital comics, not just in our like perception, but in some of like when you do see the numbers released of like are people engaging with these things? Do they contribute m- much more to piracy? Uh, the industry's perception. A-, a lot of different hot takes on digital comics and like i said highs and lows is 2024 going to be a high year or a low year for digital comics what do you see in the landscape hi it's gonna go through the roof why um comiXology is out omnibus is in uh people finally have a digital reader that is competent where they can go check out a random issue they want to check out there's there, for so long there has always been a buzz in comic book social media like when a new book comes out and there has been a lack of accessibility when people just want to go randomly check it out they have to go find somewhere that they can go buy it from like an LCS the, comiXology has always been lacking in, in accessibility since they were absorbed and kind of like deconstructed now that like Omnibus and other platforms like it have finally cobbled together competent and like user-friendly platforms people can now go check out a random issue of do a power bomb or you know or an indie hit that people are buzzing about on comics twitter i think i think we're going to see a new golden age of digital comics and that's not hyperbole one of the interesting things too is um you know distillery has been doing these like hey read our comics for a dollar Mm-hmm. Like we'll release the print copy and then a week or two later you get an email from their email list and it says, Hey, buy it for a dollar. Tell your friends mm-hmm. you can sample and, and read these things for just a buck. You know, does that become more of a trend or is this a way that like smaller publishers are saying we want to own our content on a digital landscape and control the way that people consume it. So you're going to buy it through our, our mini publisher instead of going to an external service. That's that's another interesting piece to me. I will say one of the things that I perceive that's maybe contrary to a lot of the conversations that I've had about the landscape of digital comics is how much is the is the consumer who isn't like so obsessed with comics to the point where they're doing things like listening to a comic book podcast going to ultimately reject Comixology's move to the Kindle app 
and people having lost some access to like previous comics. Are they still the heavy hitter or, and are we uh, overestimating the fact that they've pissed off comic fans? Do you think, I, well, do you uh, think that, that comic books like not selling as much, like the value going down also plays into that? Like that, because the main argument for buying the hard copy is the collection, the value. So if that goes down, then does digital go up? Yeah, digital is more convenient. Yeah. It doesn't take up physical space. Yeah. In all ways, it's the better <laughs> it's the better format aside from the collectability and the fact that, you know, we've as comic book collectors, you have issues one through three hundred of the series, like why stop now with the hard copies, right? I I don't see myself going to digital unless I'm like bored out of my mind and can't make it to a shop or something and wanna and wanna read something. And even then I'm looking for a great deal on it digitally. Um but yeah, if we get start getting inundated with more modern comics and they're printing so many and the value of those things are going down, 100% I could see more people move into digital. I think some people just have a preference of digital media. I mean, some people just prefer downloading a book and reading it on the subway or the bus or just like in their spare time and they don't want to have to deal with bagging and boarding a random single issue. And, and digital comic books can do better deals monetarily for collected editions and for, you know, omnibuses. Like I remember being able to get the entire on call, uh, readers like hardcover thing on humble, the, uh, the humble bundle for like $10. Like you can't do that in any retail space. Like even if like they're doing like a clearance sale. So I think that, digital will be a place for maybe not breaking comics or like brand new comics, but for backlogs and for exploring new and uh, old series that you maybe have heard about and wanted to check out uh, in your spare time. Right on. Okay. I'm going to move us on again. Let's talk about representation in comic books in 2014. Maybe where are we lacking? Where are we going to pick up? the pace in representation of different areas. Um, I bring this up specifically because I've noticed a trend in 2023 where you're seeing a lot more variation in pronouns and mm -hmm. sexual identities and things like that in comic books. And my prediction would be that we're going to see a lot more of that. I I agree. It it won't be to an extent that I want it to be, like a whole hog, if you will. Like it, I don't know why Marvel and DC seem to crawl with with getting to the representation part. I don't know if it's just like they think they have to get people ad ad adapted to the to the new medicine that they need to take or whatever. But it's just like. Uh, we read a book, or I guess it was the Century book from Marvel, where they're introducing people with physical limitations being superheroes. And we were commenting about how we don't see that a lot about people with physical limitations or physical uh, uh, disabilities being represented so openly and uh, accessible in, in comic books. And I, I feel that's like, a, I, I feel like that's the next frontier. 
of, yes. of accessibility. I feel like trans is not really well represented either. I 100% agree. We have maybe two or three prominent trans characters that are just around, not really, you know, either leading a book or on a prominent team. But I, I agree. I think I think that needs to be in the conversation of just like, okay, they're acknowledged, but wh- what are you doing with them? <laughs> like, you can't just be, you can't, it can't just be like a placeholder of just like, all right, we did it. So will you please just leave us alone? Right. Yeah. It, it can't be like the, like, we did this thing and now like, give us our like trans card (laughs) exactly like you want an award like okay you created the character but what have you done with them i feel like it's their version of dancing out Iceman, every time being like we had a prominent gay series yeah uh (laughs) but like no one knew he was gay until what five years ago and he's been around since the 60s and how long was cine grace's run Uh, like like six issues or something it was like a mini yeah yeah it's ridiculous all right, next topic. Yeah. Yep. Let's talk about grading, <laughs> baby. <laughs> uh, grading as in, uh, is there going to be more competition in grading companies? Uh, more people are grading comics. There was kind of that uh, over the pandemic and... Um, uh, how do I want to put it? What do you, quarantine is the word I'm looking for. Over quarantine, people were sending all their baseball cards to Beckett and all their comic books to CGC and CBS. A uh, couple of years later, what effect does that have or how is it going to affect the landscape of 2024? So typically in collectible culture, when grading takes charge is when it's like it's resurgence. It's the renaissance of that collection. So like it, the raw is not the thing driving the force anymore. So like if we're fully in grading being the value, which we might be like, then we're in the renaissance of the collection. I think. Yeah. Part, part of me worries that I guess, I don't know how much I worry. Um, (laughs) about it because it's people's own finances and you can do whatever you want with your money. But some of the grading stuff feels a little predatory to me when you have people sending in like a 6.0 of, you know, Wetworks yeah. 3. And, you know, you're spending like... Wetworks as the placeholder <laughs> for just a shitty A comic. shitty comic book. <laughs> <laughs> just a valueless comic that maybe people perceive as like something that was like, you know, important or seemed like a fresh new world. But all these comics are worth nothing when people are spending 25 bucks to get them graded. And then if you just get the one book graded, it's like 20 bucks to ship it back to you. So $45 me, in total. But let those, me ask you this. Those so, comics are worth the same graded as they are. Um if one of your significant others was like, I'm going to surprise you yeah, and get you a book that somehow they figured out you've always wanted. And it's, and it's a, like a, a very early X-Men or something like that, but it's raw. Are you like, fuck? No, no. Okay. You, I guess it depends on what the situation is. I guess I will, I will say uh, maybe uh, what I think you're maybe trying to articulate is 
would I say, ugh, the money you put towards this thing could have been so much better spent yes. on something Graded. that we know is worth the money. And it's like tattered, and you know that they probably played double for it just because yeah. they were like just searching for the book number and not knowing. You know what I mean? Like That would hurt my heart. Yeah, does it I, rob the joy of it for you? There's especially when you get to so many of those old comics, you've got staples detached on on covers, mm-hmm. and that means qualified yeah. grade, and that means the value is like tanked, right? So that's always a drag when you see anybody spend that much for a raw comic, thinking they hit the jackpot, and then finding out that it's missing a coupon, or a page is gone, or the staples are detached, and it's like you didn't get what you paid for. So I, that's a I drag. Think- it's nice to see like that you know grading has created a little bit of like mm-hmm. quality control and that we've got these like two i'll say two very trusted grading services and i don't think it really expands beyond that i, I, I don't for, i don't foresee there being like a third competitor anytime soon sorry no you're go good ahead, uh, to, to that last point uh, there will be zero competitors cgc and cbcs are the standard anyone else who tries to get in the game r- right now is just going to be wasting money PGX has the worst website you've ever seen in your life. The f- yeah. The fact that I see PGX books still, I'm like, how? Are well, the you reason, even... the reason that like, you can't, it's almost can't, free to get a PGX there, book. Graded. There can't be competitors <laughs> is because it's all, and this is unfortunate, but it's all based on their cred. Mm-hmm. Yes. You know, so it's like you couldn't, you could be a better grader and even have a better eye, but you couldn't have a better reputation. So like, it wouldn't matter. Yeah. It wouldn't. I no. think it's a miracle that CBCS has stuck around as long yeah. as they have. I I think it's it's like largely because of their autograph authentication, authentication. Big time. 100%. That's a huge piece of it. And the fact that they're affiliated with Beckett now is going to be a life raft for them because Beckett owns sports memorabilia authentication and yeah. CGC's tried to dip their toe into card um grading and that's been a fiasco as far as i've understood it with just inconsistent grading and then introducing a new grading okay, scale can that, i like they're can i say this which is now. which is like wacky uh, just oh, to add. We, hey uh <laughs> first <laughs> issue club <laughs> wacky tea. get ready for a wacky day <laughs> it's wacky hour um <laughs> I was looking, it's like, I was just following some TikToks that are like live stream. Hey, I got my grades back on my cards, right? Yeah. It's mostly like Pokemon cards, Yu-Gi-Oh, whatever. They're like, I, I think the scale is one through 10, right? They're like, yeah. uh, they'll be like 8.0. Okay. 8.0, 8.0, 8.0. Ooh, a nine. So like, it's vastly different expectations than comics, I'm guessing. Like they were pretty much like okay with eight point They weren't like pissed about it. They don't have point fives though, do they? In card grading? No. Oh, is that, that what it is? That okay, the pro- that's the problem with uh, CGC is that they introduced more of a in between scale. Got it. Okay, and that makes people sense. People didn't okay. like that, and then they said, "Never mind. All nine point fives moving forward will be gem mint ten." And, oh, and now okay. people are like. I have a shit ton of 9.5s. <laughs> what the fuck? 
that are that now don't exist anymore. So yeah. are they nines or are they tens? Okay. I've got to like. So the eight the eight point reaction makes complete sense. I love that you have that knowledge to have closed <laughs> the gap for me. <laughs> Thanks for getting wacky with me. <laughs> well, part of the thing with cards is like they've got to be like really beat the shit and mishandled to like yeah. even start to to dip much because it's just a it's a really thick piece of cardboard, right? Yeah. And that again with new cards and new comic books. It's like there's not much of a a room for those to be fucked up if they're like half handled well. I mean, an eight in a card is like you just put in your bicycle spokes. All yeah, <laughs> all of this was intended for vintage stuff that had like been through a, you know World War II. It survived, um, and the fact that we're doing it with like all these modern release cards is kind of funny to me, but um, I understand the, and I and engage in the purchase of all these things. Can I, can I, can I introduce a take for, for grading that I can, I think that we haven't really touched on. Um, I, I'm surprised. So the market has definitely cooled down since the quarantine kind of uh, extravaganza of people just grading whatever they wanted. I'm, definitely. Surpri- I'm surprised the market hasn't been watered down yet. Because to me, a 9.8 isn't as special as it used to be. Like growing up as a comic book collector and first seeing books starting to get graded, like 9.8 and like even like a 9.5 and up, you're just like, holy shit, like that's like museum quality, like pristine uh, uh, care. And like it just, it held uh, an air of gravitas to it that like now anything can be a 9.8. We got people sending in you know, Canto two, three, four, five, getting nine point eight, and it's just hey, like, hey, watch it. <laughs> it's, it's just like the like it. It's like the diamond has lost its shine. Is does that make sense? It's just like okay. Yeah, I think I think a better way of saying it is that, or the, the maybe what you're saying is like it's the new standard, which makes right. it weird. Yeah. Yes. It's like okay, the, you have a it nine point eight well, Hellbarine, but there's five hundred copies of a nine point eight because we're grading brand new copies. That's why right. uh, 9.6 ain't shit because there's 500 9.8, 9.8 on the census mm-hmm. of like every new first issue that comes out. Yeah. I, and honestly, like in my household, I replaced toilet paper with 9.6s. Same. I just all the 9.6s that I got back, I just like, there's just shit all over them. Yeah. <laughs> my my Beckett cards that are eight and under, there's, those are Kleenex, my man. Yeah. Like, kindling <laughs> it's like what are we doing <laughs> yeah all right let's um let's talk potential controversies we're embroiled in one right now um is it the tale of two what, marks the tale of two marks right which we, we can talk about some if we want to but my thing i was going to bring up was the big fox news thing that everyone jumped on was pregnant joker in in 2023 are we gonna have more shit like pregnant joker in 2024 there will there will always be a pregnant joker every year in comic books and that's not i think it's that's not a commentary on comic books that's a commentary on reactionary 
conservative culture. Anything that's a little bit outside the norm or wacky, they are going to shove down your Meemaw and Papaw's throat that this is the new normal. And they just and need they need using litter boxes in high school. Like, okay. They need they need a new they need a new boogeyman and like you know it's the getting the barrel's getting low when they're like, ah, what about comic books again? Yeah. Like, I really think comic books is a well that is gone to Can we get when, Dean Kane? We need to distract from like another news story or something. Yeah, that it's, it's like Starbucks right now. What's happening in comics this week? Because the pregnant Joker thing was like he overate or something and like had a big belly, right? He it ate was something as mundane Clayface. as that. He ate Clayface <laughs> and then like barfed him up. Yeah, he didn't even like birth him. He threw up a Clayface that looked like Joker. Uh, will, will it happen? Yeah. Will it be? controversial no but it's just like it'll be a slow news cycle and somebody will write something i i feel like rail i think uh heathcliff is gonna get a manny petty and that's gonna be <laughs> the big controversy of yeah. 2024 finally i think archie and jughead are gonna kiss if Ooh. i if i were marvel or dc I would, make I would just plan for it yeah. i would be like let's try to get the let's try to get a couple of these. Yeah, like let's yeah. make Superman gay. Let's like have you know people cross streams, have an accidental bat wang, um, and like just like fire it off, and then you like you get all the nerds that are like they don't actually understand comics. <laughs> you mean this show? <laughs> <laughs> they don't get us. They don't get comics. They don't really get us. This is just goofy. This stuff. this been happening for years. <laughs> <laughs> you think pregnant Joker's the worst part? Uh-uh. Yeah, I've been pregnant for 20 years. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I mean, yeah. Uh, uh, in, inevitably, something controversial will happen, and, it, and the comic book will be worth $400 for some stupid reason. <laughs> yeah. But then, the, but then you'll have moments like where... Uh, we had it in like X Men Gold and Immortal Hulk, where people will hide racist and religious, yeah, discriminatory yeah. imagery or wording in a book, and that's not controversial for like, oh, what they do that for? But it's something that people who are vigilant see that and be like, oh, we need to pause here for a second because something sinister is in a truly sinister is in the book, and we need yeah, to the- highlight it. The funny thing to me is that's the more newsworthy thing. And it got like nothing. A cartoon of the Joker looks pregnant compared to the Joe Bennett like Jewish jewelry store thing yeah. is just like one of these is sinister and the other one is like a funny cartoon. <laughs> um all right, is that all we have on that? Yeah. I the only thing I'd add is that is as the uh, the war goes on um, in Israel and Palestine, I feel like that's going to enter in comics more and be like more addressed like head on and stuff and then like cause the sides there. So. To that, to that point, what about censorship as a topic? I don't know if there's much to say here or not, but. I honestly think comics could use some, some more censorship. <laughs> <laughs> We've gotten pretty mouthy in the last couple decades. Yeah, I think we need to be put in our place. To be honest, 
that's yeah less swear words swear words and that's the thing i've been thinking about for a while swear words have really been bothering me in comic books yeah so i mean i'd love to see more asterisks i think we can all agree superman's been taking his shirt off a lot more lately and we need to just calm that down right yeah yeah my dick can only be hard for so (laughs) i mean (laughs) it's confusing to me in my christian brain So, yeah, I guess I could see part of me is like censorship in comic books seems like a either one, an archaic thing or two, something that happens overseas. Um, And I love the comic book legal defense fund for all that they do to like try to defend people who are brought to court over. A political cartoon or or whatever they're trying to write um but the more that stuff like our pregnant joker comes up and becomes a buzzworthy thing that's trying to distract from people you know do publishers and creators feel more pressure to shy away from those things or does that start a conversation i i, I think that like or i am i'm overblowing and overthinking. well i that. i think that like one like credit to that is like the rating system of comics is archaic. Like there's nothing. It's basically it's YA or it's the Wild West. Yeah. Like um, essentially, there there was a I was in a shop and there was this uh, mom who was like my kid. I'm trying to buy a Christmas present. My kid they're into Ninja Turtles. Um, they're seven and the shop owner went over and was like, Oh, okay, get this last Ronin book. And I was like. I think not. I, I and, and, and the yeah. mom the mom was even like, Oh no, no, this is what he wants. And I was like, I understand what you're saying, but yeah. if you got that from my seven year old, I would like not think that's correct. Yeah. Um that's and not then a like turtle book you are you <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> no, um uh, yeah. Budget King and I have a mutual friend who took their kid to a comic book shop and they picked up Hit Girl. And the person at the counter knew, has to know that Hit Girl is not an appropriate comic book for this little kid. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But from the cover, you just assume it's like, oh, it's a little girl who's like fighting crime, right? Right. Yeah. yeah. Um, Seems so, like I hate Fairyland. You're just like, whoa, 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 whoa. Yeah. <laughs> I know Scotty Young draws a really mean baby looking right. creature, but you You'll, can't be reading that. Yeah. I, I guess note to. Not all comic shops are like that, and we've got a lot of good comic shops as, that we've been to as much as we've complained about the bad ones. But um, <laughs> a tip out there to comic book shops that don't do this, like you're going to catch more flies with sugar, honey, however the saying goes. I think uh, you nailed it. You're going to have more repeat customers if you're not like just trying to like – hawk a kid a book without them, a three dollar like, book they're good they, they're in there to buy something they yeah. want to find sell them the ten dollar anyway. hardback yeah that exactly marvel like made that. anyway yeah send them sell them a trade of something made for yeah them. i think what, what's interesting to me i, I kind of made this connection recently so wwe the the wrestling federation recently in the last like 10 15 years Went to like a no, know a your no, audience, Greg. We're all <laughs> yeah. I I know what my audience is, and these are definitely merging right now. They went to a no blood rule, which means in their fights they try really hard not to like hit hard enough where like you start to bleed because they're trying to gear it towards like a family 
audience. And it's 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 strange because it's hyper violence. Yeah, it's fighting. but they but they want it to be accessible to every age group for more money. You know what I'm saying? Like like if it's too bloody, parents won't want the kids to watch it. And in reality, the kids are kind of what fuel the money machine more than uh adults in do arrested you think development. That's true. Yeah, I truly do. Adults are the ones that spend the money on this stuff. I know so many adult men who are wrestling fans. Yeah, I know. there's not. I I I think it's like it. You they want to see it all. Like they they would love that if there was just straight on full on nudity. They don't want. No, they're I, not I, like happy. Yeah. There's no blood. No, 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 no. I'm saying the people I who think make WWE. Audi- Wanted no blood, so they can have more money from every aspect of 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 the demographics. And I'm saying, if a competitor of WWE, like what's the C AEW AEW is the is the newer one. If they went to like Showtime or HBO and just went like whole hog, the AEW is whole hog. There is blood. Well, that's why people love it so. I looked. I looked. It's like really taken off. AEW is like. Took it off, took it off like crazy. But they do things like, um, they have like celebrities that like forty year olds fuck with, like Action Bronson or mm-hmm. like West Side Gun, yeah. and like 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 all this like exclusive artist stuff because they like know their audience and things. So like, totally, I yeah. think they've got it. And when we go to C two E two, there's there'll be people on the train with us who are going just to meet AEW people. Yeah, they do such a big turn one hundred percent Chicago for that. I really think that their audience is middle-aged dudes. And I I, I, th- I think that them is so smart. I think WWE has a shot at getting the like twelve-year-old, like yeah. or whatever from like the John Cena crowd and stuff. But like AEW, you're totally right. If I looked it up, they technically have a no blood in the stands rule, which I don't know if that's the same thing. <laughs> which is different from WWE, right? <laughs> But so. so what my what my comparison is just like so the indie publishers go full cursing and like you know nudity or whatever for comic books, but Marvel and DC stay inside that no blood realm of just like, yeah you know like we want to get the kids money and the adults money. So uh, I will. Make I will it as- I'll never forget like and you you all know this too, but like Saga, I think the first book, maybe the second issue, has an enormous two spread penis on it. And it was basically a virtue signal to be like, this comic book is for adults. Like this comic yeah. book is like going to be sex positive. This You're going to see shit in this book you've never seen before. And it, it had nothing to do with the storyline. It was just like a way to like flex. Yep. So more flexing. Yeah, more I flexing Mar- in 2024. <laughs> I think Marvel and DC have gotten a little more like lacks i think like books like exterminators i was kind of like whoa marvel's going there mm-hmm. um with some of the things i think the word bubbles or not sorry the um like symbol words that were like stand-ins for curses used to be much more ambiguous as mm-hmm. to what they were saying and now it's like obviously that's the f word obviously <laughs> they're calling this person uh a son you of know a bitch. yeah this name blah 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 like all that stuff is telegraphed so much more than it used to be that it, it might as well just be in the book at this point. 
All right. In any case, um, I got to mention AI, even if there's nothing to talk about, just because it's such a, we're on the precipice of, <laughs> you know, so many more AI things changing. I kind of went off a couple weeks ago or a month ago about this company who was doing this like AI thing that like drew a comic book for you and finished the story, but the company owned the rights to it. And you had to like pay to get the rights back to your thing if you wanted it, um, which all this stuff seems very predatory to me. I don't have to tell you guys already, but to anyone else who's wondering, I hate the AI stuff in the creative space. Um, I think it's turning would-be virtuosos in uh, several different mediums into talentless slobs because they've never get to flex those muscles to like actually create something good. So right? I, I, I think that I, I consult actually on like an AI uh, content maker and podcast. So I'm like really in the world of like the litigation of it all and things like that. Um, and what they're like, the take is, is that the B team people are using it and that it's almost driving more of like the tangible, the real, the art or will more like, and I think like real comic in like zines or just like the real human made stuff, Mm -hmm. I think will be more sought after probably not 2024, but 2025, 2026. I think they're still going to fuck around and like play with AI in 2024, but everybody's going to know. Like anytime you see a blog post with AI generated stuff, people with a little bit of just like, uh, like the lexicon of understanding get the ick. Yeah. It reads as inhuman. There is even with like artistic stuff, obviously if you're a comic book fan and you're on Instagram, you're seeing probably tons of just like AI generated art in your feed because you like looking at pop pop art and stuff mm-hmm. like that so and even that stuff just like has a repulsive look to me now because i know someone wrote in a prompt a lot of it has the same kind of icky gross look and feel but i know that stuff's going to improve over time which is um haunting a, a bummer to me louise simonson actually this is topical wrote that um wrote a captain marvel book recently and has a commentary in the final issue of it that was like the promise of machines and AI for our generation was to do the shit that we didn't want to do. So it could allow us more time to create and be artists and make beautiful things. Instead, AI and machinery are doing all the beautiful fun things that <laughs> that humanity should be like taking advantage of with their free time that this technology allows us and it's it's just so fucked up and backwards but yeah i i worry I mean, like, be more I, companies that just like are just shitting out manga constantly but i i hope you're yeah. right budget king in that like there's a clear delineation that these are all bad we can pick them out from a mile away and it starts to skew more towards. I could see, things. I could see it like get rid of things like lettering, mm-hmm. which kind of suck. Like that does suck. Like it's like the stuff that's like the have tos that people don't 
like when they, when you put to a, a together a book, the last thing you're thinking of is who is my letterer. Um, not, not necessarily. I mean, when when computers got introduced, I'm sure hand letterists were a little nervous, but there are still many popular and prominent hand letterists in comic books. It's it is easier with computers, but I mean, there are people. That I'm just saying, like, if it gets if it if you can't tell the difference, that's a, that's a job I could see going away, which would suck. Yeah, for sure. But I, the other ones I think are harder. So, 2024, we might not see AI make a huge impact on the comic book industry yet. I think, honestly, my kids in, in, are going to be the generation that has affected by it. What, have the it, it's, most... what it's it's going to take away the like two people at Image Comics that run the Instagram feed, like. That's the job it's going to take. I, but see, you're thinking like, so right now we're in the thicket of it of just like, no, this is bullshit. I want the real stuff. But my kids are going to grow up with this and kind of just been like, oh, this is like normal. This is like the easy stuff. And like the, I think the, the dialogue is going to be yeah, different than, from their generation than ours because they're going to grow up with it. Like our my kid has a tablet. This stuff sucks, but yeah. their perception is going to be, this is my, the way. Yeah, my kid has it. never tasted real food. Everything is just a bar mm-hmm. or a little pouch. There's never been any type of like a vegetable in their mouth. <laughs> we might be living in the golden era for picky eaters. Child services. <laughs> I can't wait to have food in pill form. I'm fucking. Oh, yeah. Soylent? Hell yeah. Soylent green. <laughs> All right. What about the consumer landscape? Age, I- sex, location. Go ahead, Mike. Okay, so I have been out. AI. Yes, no, 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 no. I no to answer this question, the okay. consumer landscape. Do you think that distillery is like a thing that's going to have big waves um, into twenty twenty four and and throughout like and stuff like as far as I th- I think of them as consumer modeled. They're collector oriented, meaning. They have prestige format, prestige collectors, at a prestige price, but what and, and good content. But they, what about, they took all the creators that we love right now and put them all on one in one place. They and perfected bad ideas method. Right. Oh, yes. Sure. That's a great but, way to put it. <laughs> I, I, doesn't doesn't James Tunyon have a horror book coming out next year on it? And I kind of feel like that will be the marker of like, are they the real deal or not? How well that book does. Because that's like huge, right? I mean, isn't like... I'll say right now that Somna book that Becky Cloonan and Tula Lote did together, that book's like already kind of creating waves. I've I've seen, there's been a lot of discourse surrounding it. And it's kind of, I I don't think I've read it yet, but I want to say it's like an erotic thriller Mm-hmm. Sort of thing that again might be something that um, a couple years ago wouldn't get near as much play in in social discourse from the comic book community just because it's uh, it sits in the erotic realm. Okay, so distillery to me has always a been a things. place where people who are in the know go to get comic books. But that's that's what I'm it's saying like, is like, like the cool it, bar on the street. Will it jump out of like the microbrewery or maybe even nano brewery to a microbrewery? They don't publish enough issues to to really do that, I don't think. 
Part of me wonders if they even know what they want it to be yet. Okay. They seem like a pop-up shop. Yeah, it does kind of seem like a pop-up shop, doesn't it? That it's like, we're going to release an issue a month and do like, hey, a couple wild exclusive covers here and Mm -hmm. um, talk about it a lot on social and see what happens. I kind of... Can I say it real quick? If, If 2024 is as good for them as 2023 was, then by 2025, they will be a force to be reckoned with. Okay, so... This you're gonna hate this analogy, but I'm just gonna give it to you. Is it the WWE one? Because I it's already a shoe. Did it. It's a shoe analogy. So like in the shoe world, Nike is like king, right? Forever, right? Sure. And and like and they like make Jordans and things like that. 2024, 2023 is dominated by other brands: um, New Balance, Saucony, Adidas, Asics. Rock. Yes, Cro- honestly, Crocs. I know you're joking, but no, like not. that's that's very true. It's all because of the collaborations, the collaborations with artists, with brands, and things. One hundred percent, they dethroned. They, Nike still makes the most money, but as far as hype goes, got dethroned because of like collaborations. And if somebody can do that, like the collaboration thing, which I feel like is Distillery's model, they can de- not dethrone, but they can like take the hype that like other indie publishers have seen but haven't really done the collab model they tried that at launch with their little vinyl toy okay someone made like two variants of this vinyl toy who's like a street artist or something and they've been selling it at like conventions and things it it hasn't like sold out as far as i know but they immediately had an attempt at something like what you're yeah Yeah. but i feel like i I feel like Budget King, the collaboration you're talking about with shoes is what Distillery is doing with the creators that they get. Yeah, you're not gonna you're not gonna get any young bloods or 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 or, or, or upstarts at Distillery. These are all heavy hitters already, and it's just like a charcuterie board of like a who's who of which creators. Is, which is different. Like the argument might be like, oh, is now what Image does? Image is just a place to like come release your indie book. Yeah. No, they Image aren't. Not like Distillery they, at all. They aren't curating the actual experience for you so i think it's the curatorial aspect of it that i feel like could be you know no i agree game changer yeah like i said if if 2024 is as filled with bangers for distillery as it already is then by 2025 they'll be in the conversation their their first book i think they printed fifty thousand and sold out so it's not like they're like i mean that's not the same amount as like big books, but they, they're not like, it's not a completely foreign concept that they couldn't just print a lot. No, but they're smartly not spending more than they have. And, and yeah, filling which is good, which is what you want. Yeah. Like you yeah. don't, you want them to just be the slow drip. So I didn't know, Mike, did that answer your question? Like when you were saying consumer oriented, like what about the consumer? Did, I, did that, was that the direction you wanted? Yeah. I think just like trends in, in buying who the consumer is, are we going to get more young people? Is it going to stay old heads? Uh, that's kind of been a hot topic uh, recently is like, are y- do young people care about comics? Can, do, can you answer this though for me? Like where is the variant culture on and how much does it affect that? That's another uh, 2024 topic I have here. Oh, okay. Uh, you think that's different? Oh yeah. Yeah. Which we can, we can get into. Um, f- uh, foils. Are are back in a big way, 
and I'm wondering if that's going to stay around or not. It seems like it is. I would say 2024, we're going to get more foil covers. I see um, yeah, gimmick gimmick so, variants are about to have the, uh, homage and gimmick variants are out of control. The reason the reason I asked about the variant is like exclusives too. Well, historically, like in Magic: The Gathering, when um, rares got a new level that wasn't just rares into mythic it almost put shops out of business because of like this whole market they couldn't control anymore and it like distrib- it destroyed the value system that they had and i think variant is a one to one on that where it's like variants of like they if you can't handle variants as a comic book shop you aren't going to make it yeah. and like is that still this is that still what you see in 2024 is like the thing ratio variant if ratio variants if ratio variants don't get under control, then I can see a lot more shops having to tighten their belt or change their model. Now, if the if the variants are just normal fun variants that like an A or a B, then I don't see an issue. And I'll say too that there's this uh, there's so many retailer exclusives now that I see stores that have like. 150 copy meaning they're only printing 150 of these ever and people aren't buying them that used to be like i can get a one in 150 for 20 bucks like they're gonna sell out day one yeah not stop anymore with, stop with them stop with the retail there variants so, there are so many of those covers you know what's gonna sell covers now in 2024 is good art good art on the cover that people actually want like the low number count and the number of different retailer incentives that exist for every single comic, like is just watering down that, um, it's ridiculous that market. But yeah, I think Greg's right that the stunt cover thing is coming back. There's, uh, right now there's a scratch and sniff variant. Yeah. Yeah. And there's more on the way. I love that. Do Do you remember when Valiant did the hologram, but they did it from a distributor that like it was, they just picked up everything that was left over. So Quantum technically, yeah. So every cover was a original one. one. <laughs> yeah. One of one. Um, and like, it didn't go off the way people thought. I think those are still worth like cover price. Yeah. But, but I love that idea because it completely eliminates the speculative market. You know what yeah. I mean? Like if the cool variant, everyone can get the cool variant, then yes. that's, Great. I honestly thought it was a cool, it was cool. And it was a cool story. Um, so I honestly, I've, I've loved DC's approach to variants where they've just kind of equalized a lot of it. There are still like one in 25s and one in fifties, but they print so many of their comics that the prices of those come down. And most of the time, the coolest variant is the, the cardstock B cover, yeah. which is a dollar more than the other one and you get and it's going to grade better and it's going to grade better mm-hmm. you get a sturdier comic book like i think that's awesome if you pre-order it you're getting your pre-order discount on it uh i think dc still does variants right I but yeah I, I i kind of like i feel like we had a rejection to stunt covers for a while and i think i'm i'd be fine as a consumer uh i kind of miss certain parts of them and those like lenticular covers coming back for like a little bit or a 3D embossed foil thing. 
are are fun to me, especially if the foils used in a creative way. The the problem is our community doesn't know anything about restraint, and as soon as it gets popular, it's I mean it's every over. other thing. It's already yeah. done. Okay, yeah, so then you get sick of it. So to answer your original question, which I jumped with thinking variants would answer this, your answer is like, what's the age group going to look like for the consumer? Or sorry, your question is, I think that. In a in Gen Z, the resurgence of like everything '90s, whether it be like music, fashion, um, like all that kind of stuff, has hit every market. But you but you don't see even card collecting. I don't think you see it in comics though. Like I don't see you. You're not getting the Gen Z hug of like retro '90s. Uh, and I think there's a reason. Is like they just have not cracked the young people market yet like that. One of the things I'm really interested in seeing is if that X-Men 97 show comes out, that if that's going to stir up interest again in like these weird 90s superhero cartoons, and that might draw some interest back into things like the X-Men, um, especially with how into anime and modern cartoons that like young adults are, I think it's more acceptable culturally to deep dive on uh what was once considered a child's show from years ago <laughs> it's now something that's like fun to like have a take on and like watch critically um which is which is pretty interesting um i think uh to bring it back to sh- to shoes and and you budget king um he picked me up a comic that was ex- an X-Men comic that was exclusive to Kith. And again, speaking to kind of collaborations and things like that, like those sold out really fast. Right. And yeah. I, and you know, they did these X-Men shoes that people were like Gaga for, and they were kind of blind box and you didn't know what pair or color you were going to get. And people absolutely ate that up. And I think yeah. comics doing, the comic book industry doing more stuff like that is cool and fun. And the movie burnout doesn't necessarily translate to those things. Like people aren't necessarily burnt out on Batman or X-Men. They're burnt out on how many bad comic book movies there have been. I also think like the access of entry for comic book readers is just still overwhelming. So like buying yeah. a rad ass shirt and like being like, I like Cyclops yeah, and a Cyclops shoe and form are cool. Yeah. Yeah. Is very easy. If that's like more what comics could do. I see the characters as an icon, but I'm less interested in like getting yeah. into it. Yeah. And, and like, um, Ryan Faye, the owner of like Kith or whatever, I think that's his name, Ronnie. Yeah. Ronnie Faye. Um, he was like, they did it at San Diego comic con and he was like, I've never sold out of a shoe faster. He was like, the hype train is there for nerds and streetwear. And like, it was all young people. Um, I just don't think comic books, that was a him. That was a kid thing. You know, that's comic books didn't lead that charge. Yeah, and I yeah. feel like I don't see comic books leading the charge to like make it more entry level, that type of hype. I mean, I it, I've already had aunts and uncles and friends come to me and ask me like, you know, my friend wants to get in the comic books. What Marvel or DC book should I get them? And I said, don't get them any Marvel and DC. There is no <laughs> yeah. easy entry point for Marvel and DC. I give them either image books or vault books or 
you know, I give them an indie publisher because those stories are so self-contained. And like, if you like the medium, then start dipping your toe into other Marvel and DC stuff. But if you give someone a random Spider-Man book for Christmas, they're gonna be so goddamn lost and confused that it's gonna like deter them. Also, and and the thing that sucks too is like, they're maybe reading a thing that's like finite. That's not even appreciated by the greater culture if they read that like one story so that mm-hmm. you rob them of the fun of having a community around it too. Whereas like if you give somebody saga, everybody gets to say like the same things about it and you get to join in instantly. Yeah. I mean, that's why that book was such a phenomenal hit with people outside of the comic book community. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like it, it felt like a gateway drug for people to get into. It's kind of like lock and key and those other kind of smaller yeah yeah, exactly it's like you can get into it and not be confused with 30 years of of back history that you need to know and i think something is killing the children will become that iconically like yeah that or stray dogs yeah Um, for sure or or uh can't though (laughs) i think i i I, to to pay kudos to dc again i think what they're doing with dc inc which is their young adult graphic novel genre is exactly like what you and stuff like that. that. It's exactly what you need to do to get young people into comic books. It, it's mm-hmm. re, it resembles manga. It reads like manga. It's self-contained, but it's in the realm of the very confusing DC Marvel universe. Yeah, and and that's how you get new readers in. For new readers, I hate to say it, do not want single issues. No, they want they want collected editions, and I I. I can't fault them for it. I, I'm a, I'm a psycho and I like single issues, but I get the allure of trades and graphic novels. Yeah, we're a dying breed for sure. All right. If there were any uh, prediction for 2024 categories or a hot take that you as the listener have that, that we didn't get to, we'd love to hear it, um, especially on our Discord. It'd be fun to chop it up on there about 2024 predictions. So... Hit us up. Let us know what you think. If any of our takes were bad, or if or if we missed something here. Um, other than that, uh, I think our next episode might be in the new year, and we'll talk to Andy. We'll have Vargas back and run down some of our favorite books of the year and some things that we loved about twenty twenty three. Best publishers, best creative teams, all that kind of fun stuff. Um, and, uh, that's it. Anything else to add, Greg, before we sign off for maybe the year? Yeah. Um, are we going to have an episode on the 20? Nope. On the 28th or 29th? No. Okay. Um, once again, first issue club is a great gift for anyone looking to get in the comic books. So go to (laughs) patreon.com slash first issue club. We have lots of episodes and videos over there. Um, we're on all the social medias for better or for worse. Just, at First Issue Club, we are on most of them, including LinkedIn. Uh, FirstIssueClub.com. We also have a website. Um, not a lot of people do. We do. Are we fancy? Fuck yeah. Um, thank you again for listening. If this is the first time you've heard us, uh, it's a lot like this, but we talk about First Issue Clubs instead of making oddball predictions. But um, thank you guys for a great year. Personally, 2023 was in my mind, a great year for comic books. Uh, but I'll get into more of that in our best of episode. Um, but I'm very appreciative of all of you and I can't wait to see what we do in 2024. Here, here.
Budget King, you say anything? I didn't. I feel like that was the end. I was going to thank you guys for having me on, and I apologize for anybody that's like, "Why the fuck is this guy on?" I also hate it when podcasts are like this old guy who you don't know is now talking to you and like obviously interrupting the flow of the people you like. So I wanted to apologize to your audience. Um, so thank you, and it was fun. There's about five old fans who heard your voice and went just celebrated that the Budget King was back. <laughs> Good. Return um, of the king. <laughs> All right. Thanks, guys. That was fun. All right. Bye-bye. First Issue Club is edited and produced by Mike DeStacy, Greg Licktig, and Andy Vargas. Follow us on social media at First Issue Club and check out our Patreon for videos, audio, and more at patreon.com slash first issue club. <laughs>